This week on Notorious Scoundrels Podcast. So Palpatine is a really cool uh, new commander that's going to come out um, on Black Friday, which is awesome because the Dark Lord of the Sith is being released on Black Friday. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels Podcast. Or Dashes and Archimedes join me, Endless from Yavin Base, they're from Never Tell Me the Odds, to talk about Star Wars Legion competitive play and improving your game. On this episode, we're going to do an interview with R1H4, also known as Reha, the only Emperor Palpatine player in the single elimination phase of the Invader League who made it to the top four. And speaking of Palpatine, the Emperor is going to be released soon, and he is awesome, so we're going to talk more in depth about him in this episode. Plus, New spoiled guards from the Gorilla Guard Pack have appeared on the internet. Recon Intel and Fragmentation Grenades, and they look amazing. So we're going to hop into our first topic, which is going to be these new spoiled cards from the Royal Guard Expansion Pack, Frag Grenades and Recon Intel. So, guys, these cards look incredible. You've got Frag Grenades, which are a new grenade that add... um, red dice and they've got surge to crit they're just so sick yeah i mean they're they're really really good i'm looking forward to upgrading all of my black dice well most of my black dice on my uh flame trooper squads to red dice and beating more rebels in the face with them it's gonna be a fantastic time yeah it's uh i don't i mean don't get me wrong they're amazing uh you know regular trooper units with surge to crit and red dice um but i think you're probably still not like taking these on a unit that you wouldn't normally be taking grenades on um except maybe rebel troopers just because it helps their damage so much which we'll talk about um in a minute but um you know like snows i think they're great for because you're already taking grenades with snows probably um but you know for the most part like most of your core units that have grenade slots, you don't want to be uh, in range one anyway. Um, and then most of the other units that have grenade slots, like the uh, your special forces um, and stuff like that, they have a better base gun, generally speaking. Um, I could see if you want to run like a like a full scout squad, maybe taking one of these to give that full squad surge crit. Um, but other than that, I think you're probably still just taking them on snows and then maybe on rebel troopers if you want to get crazy. But Orchimedes, it's red dice with surge. It's seven out of eight hits. It's wonderful. You you don't even have to you don't have to worry. You're, all of your variance issues are solved, says the person that likes to blank out on red dice. But uh... <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like for rebel troopers, um, normally like a full squad of rebel troopers with the extra dude does an average of four hits. Um, and if you add frag grenades that goes from four to 6.625 which is you know more than like a 50 percent increase um not only because of the the black to red but also because the surge to crit which you know a z6 you're throwing six dice uh when you add surge to crit to that that helps out a lot um but you know when are your rebel troopers ever within range one of something um probably not that often or at least you'd prefer they not be because you know, those some things that are in range one of them are usually things like Snowtroopers or, you know, Luke or Vader, um, who's going to probably still murder them. Um, so maybe what you're saying is you don't take them to, like, force a range one situation. You take them just in case of a range one situation. That seems sort uh, of narrow. What's that? So that seems sort of narrow. Uh, yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying is, like, don't go out and, 
you know, spend 30 points to give all your rebel troopers frag grenades. Like, if you want to give a unit or two frag grenades uh, and have sort of like a a beefy, uh, you know, response unit that can dish out a lot of damage at range for one, that's fine. But, um, you know, generally speaking, like, their sweet spot is still range three. If you want to take, like, a close assault unit, you're probably still going to be taking fleets who do almost as much damage at range two for the same price. Um you know, or you're going to use Luke for that. So, um, I think they're great on snows, though. Yeah, they're. I almost feel like they're a little bit too good generally. Uh, it it seems like they just might be a strict upgrade over the other grenade types in most situations. Um, they're the same amount of points. Seems like it's clear on snows. Like you, pretty much never want to take impact grenades again, unless I guess. The meta shifts very, very hard, but still, you know, you you're taking them in flame trooper squads, so you don't really want to be shooting the vehicles. Yeah, I think Imperials have enough tools to deal with impact anyway, unless someone's doing like some crazy armor skew, which of course you're not really seeing right now. Um, you know, it does certainly the impact grenades do more impact damage than you know even with getting surged to crit would, but. The frag grenades do more uh, in any other instance, um, and unless you're, you know, unless you're like certain that you're going to be running up against the triple flame or RT list. Yeah, that's the thing with snows, right? Like, you, if you're a rebel player, you want to run that triple RT list. You kind of rub your hands together evenly. I'm going to run three flamethrower RTs, and then you kind of remember, oh, DLTs exist. Oh, snows with impact exist. <laughs> yep, and maximum firepower and Bubba's rocket. Yeah, and all these things that kind of chase rebel armor out of out of the meta. I mean, it, like if you could be guaranteed to get matched up against another rebel player, and you knew that he wasn't taking laser RTs, then sure, you know, go nuts. But um, don't get me wrong, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm strongly considering using a triple flamer RT in an upcoming tournament just for uh, just for humor value. But um, I would not expect to do very well with it if I did try that. I'm telling you, it's a good list. It's going to be great. <laughs> Everything will be fine. I, I kind of wanted to see, you know, like if I run it, uh, if I can, if I can do better than zero and three, I would consider that to be um, a victory. So, um, it, is there any other squads or units off the top of our heads here that, or not off the top of our heads that we would consider putting these grenades on, other than? Rebel troopers and snow troopers. I thought about fleet troopers, but I'm sure Orc can tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> um, so they would give you a slight, very slight, um, you know, like basically uh, like twelve and a half percent per guy uh, increase. You know, if you threw the red dice instead of the two white dice, um, but you'd have to do it at range one. And the surge crit is a little bit deceptive insofar as, you know, uh, the crit chance on two dice uh, without surge crit is the same as the crit chance on one dice with surge crit. So you're trading two white dice for one red dice with surge crit. So your crit chance is the same, except your ceiling is a little bit higher with the two white dice. Um, and, uh, you know, you're you're getting like a 12% damage increase. So, um, and you can only do that at range one, so... I mean, uh, you, you could, you could. Twice as high. What's that? The ceiling is technically twice as high. 
right? Right. Yeah. For the right. for crits with the double white dice, you mean? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, like if you... just just for damage in general, you know, if it, like if we're talking right. about variants, like yeah, there's definitely more variance with the white die. Yeah. In both directions, you know. I guess if you're sick of like, and this does happen sometimes, rolling in there with your fleets and you get ten white die and two reds, and you're ten white die, you get like one hit, and then you get two hits on your two reds. If you're sick of that, uh, you could throw frags on them. Um, you could also always just throw one frag grenade to get the surge crit on the rest of your pool if you're fishing for crits, and then throw, you know, eight white dice with surge crit and the t- and three red dice. But generally speaking, I think. You know, fleets are scary enough um, with just the base squad plus the scatter gun, and uh, they can do that at range two. They don't have to get to range one to do it. So I think it's kind of a, red- a redundant upgrade on fleets. Now, something that we haven't, I mean, I think you talked about it briefly or touched on it briefly. Did we talk about um, the difference between, you know, frag grenades adding crit, which breaks cover, and concussion grenades, which add blast, which negates cover? Yeah, so it, it kind of depends, like, on obviously on what unit you're putting them on. Because if you're just going from surge hit to surge crit, that's not going to give you extra crits necessarily. Like, so for example, stormtroopers, um, you know, the difference between concussion grenades and the frag grenades, obviously, the frag grenades do more raw damage uh, with the red dice versus the black dice. Um, but if you're talking about, uh, like, throwing something at cover, you know, the concussion grenades are basically a free two hits because you're bypassing the cover entirely. Um, unless you're talking about a unit like Rebel Troopers where you actually get, um, you know, extra hits out of that crit surge conversion um, where you basically get, uh, so what did I say earlier? Uh, normally they're, they're four average hits, Rebel Troopers with a Z6. Um, the frag grenade's up at two, 6.625. With storms, Oof. it's a, it's this, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty enormous. Um, with with storms, it's a much smaller difference, so you're better off like if you want to be, you know, charging things close range and cover with stormtroopers, you're probably better off at using the concussion grenades. But of course, you know, you also could very well occasionally get to attack things in the open, and the frag grenades are going to be always better in that situation. So, um. I guess I don't really see a case for taking concussion grenades over frag grenades in almost any scenario, just because the no cover ceiling is so much higher. Number one, uh, but number two, the units that you would be taking um, concussion grenades on in the first place, you know, are units that you're probably not even taking. Like, it's not like you were taking concussion grenades before. I guess is what I'm saying. So upgrading from concussion grenades to frag grenades, you're not going to be really doing that because you weren't. Like the units that could benefit from concussion grenades. Um, you're probably not taking those anyway. Because if you're running Empire and you've got Snows with a flamethrower, those are your close assault units. You know, just like same thing with Rebel Troopers, your Stormtroopers with DLT are, are your range three firepower. Um, so I feel like you're just trying to fit a square peg into a round hole in that situation. Do either of you think that that this uh, grenade actually works on the unit that it comes in the box with? Uh, no. Answer, no. short answer. Uh, so, well, let me uh, maybe take a step back there real quickly. I think that if you, it, it potentially, do Wookiee search to hit? Yes. Yeah. So I think that it may have, it might be okay on a IRG unit and that it, it gives them surges to something. 
if you have like one guy throw a grenade, it might be okay. I don't know what the math comes out to, and I haven't honestly thought about it until you just asked that question. Um, hmm. But that's really the only, the only scenario where it might be good. I don't and know. Just then, it just occurred to me while we were talking. Yeah. Um, even then, I think that it's probably not worth it. I don't know. There's been a it, as someone who's thrown a royal guard melee pool many a time at this point. It does feel kind of terrible to not search to anything, um, just because they are such an expensive unit. Um, it could certainly like help your rocket chance if you're making a ranged attack with royal guard. But since it's range one, like you're probably um, you're probably already within charge range in that instance, unless you're like in a good position behind cover and you want to just stay there. Um, but I don't know that it's like worth five points for those kind of edge cases. Like most of the time, if you're within range one of something after your first action, you're also within charge range of that same something, and you're probably just going to want to charge it and hit it in the face. That's probably true. Um, I will say that I end up shooting with my guard like way more often than I expect to, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, the, you know, their regular guns range two are, you know, two black dice for guys, nothing to shake a stick at. Um, for sure. Um, I don't know. I, I, that's kind of really, I don't I think the short answer to that question is no, these grenades are not good on either unit they come with. Yeah, I think I'm I'm in agreement with you there for sure. Okay, so we can we can now talk about uh, recon intel, which is the other upgrade that came in these uh, spoiled cards that appeared on the internet. Um, recon intel is a two point upgrade that goes into the gear slot, and it grants the unit that takes it scout one, and it's pretty cheap. It's two points, which is awesome. So finally, <laughs> a filler upgrade with an even number that isn't six, eight, or ten. I'm thrilled for that. <laughs> that could work on any unit. Tenacity, you know, there's some things you don't want to take tenacity on, even though tenacity is four points. But uh, man, this is a this is an upgrade with a ton of potential. There's a lot of units it can go on for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I think right out of the gate. It's just, it's cheap. You can put it on like five or six units at a very low cost and eke out like a little bit of a, a deployment advantage at the beginning of the game. I don't know how good that's going to be, but it seems like it's got some promise to it. Um, yeah, I think there, I mean, there's a lot of units that this could be really useful on. Um, I would, my gut would say Luke, but you're probably, you know, he's only got one gear slot. You're probably using that for stems. Um, and sadly, Vader doesn't have a gear slot. Um, but for units like Wookiees, you know, who want to be close, it's two points for an extra four inches to start the game. Um, same with same with guard. Um, and then it's, it also stacks with an existing scout stat. So if you want to throw it on scout troopers or commandos, you know, you're making them uh, range two and range three scout move respectively. Uh, you could actually, with commandos in particular, you can do some pretty shasty things with uh, recover supplies in the middle box from most deployments, a range three move plus a range one move, aka no time for sorrows, um, puts you in contact and base to base with that middle box before the game starts. Um, now, obviously, there are some ways to counter that, but uh, 
regardless, you could get a pretty good position from something like that. Um, and it's only two points. So like you guys said, it seems like there's kind of endless possibilities uh, with what you could do with that. Yeah, I uh, I find it a little bit interesting that if you... It's, it's a little bit deceptive on, in the sense that I think it kind of looks like it should go on units with Scout already, and it probably should, but I think it's interesting that if you put it on a unit that already has Scout, you're only getting like two inches of movement out of the upgrade, as opposed to if you put it on a unit that doesn't have Scout, you're getting four. That's yeah, true. It's kind, of, it's kind of funny how that works. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that either. That's so, awesome. I'll let you point that out. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a little bit of nuance, and I don't know how much it actually matters, but I, I definitely think you're getting more raw bang for your buck, if you will, um, by putting it on a unit that doesn't actually have scout already. I'm sure the Snows love having that extra speed one move. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, I think that this might be you know, kind of an auto-include on uh, the, the fully equipped Flame Trooper squad, if you will. Um, now, do snow now troopers with frag even, grenades. Do, do they, snow troopers even take gear anymore? Uh, I've seen some with EE stems, um, uh, emergency stems, for those of you uh, that don't know what I'm saying, abbreviating. Um, but I think that this could be a very easy replacement for emergency stems, because I don't think emergency stems are even that good on flame troopers most of the time. So like a, a snow trooper squad with an officer and a flame trooper and recon intel, I think is 90 points. That seems like a really good deal. 95 with a grenade. Yeah. Seems like a really good deal to me. Yeah. Um, and and not, they start four inches closer, which is, you know, one of the drawbacks to, to snow troopers. They are kind of slow. Yeah, although study makes up for that a lot, especially if you have, if you have an officer, you're almost never losing actions. For sure. To uh, suppression. For sure. And we know but things that can fake three actions are really good in this game. You don't say. <laughs> you were, I sorry, I interrupted you, Art. Go on, please. Oh, I was just gonna say, um, you know, obviously you have to look at the rest of your list and how something like that fits in, because 95 points for a core unit is a lot, uh, even if you're getting. A very powerful six-man unit with good movement and inspire and two courage you're, you're still paying 95 points for a core unit um so i think you probably still want to like look at how that fits in with the rest of your list but i think it's totally a good upgrade for them i mean it, recon by itself is just two points so and there's nothing anybody can do to prevent you from taking that speed one move at the start of the game and if you can get advanced positions you know, then all your recon intel guys, you get a speed two move instead of a speed one move. So, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, the strike teams, the saboteur strike teams with that uh, extra movement, I'm really in love with because you want to get those those charges as far up the field as you can to actually make sure they go on, you know, your opponent's side of the board rather than your own. So, here's an interesting question. Again, I I didn't really think about this until now. But if you put recon intel on all your guys, are you looking to intentionally not take advanced positions so that your opponent doesn't get the scout move? Oh, interesting. Maybe. Yeah, because yeah, I guess, you know, you'd get you get a four inch move normally, or a six inch move with with advanced positions. 
whereas normally they'd get a zero inch move, but they get a four inch move with advanced positions. Yeah, yeah, that tacks on to what you were saying earlier about the the two inch versus four inch thing, because yeah. you know, am I gonna am I gonna gain two inches or am I gonna deny my opponent four inches? Right, like if you if you like kit your army out with recon intel, maybe you just take advanced positions out of the deck. I don't know, that that might be going a little far, but no, I like it. I mean, it. The thing is, AP does synergize so well with some of the other objective upgrades. So, like, on like a large, on like a big picture level, then maybe it wouldn't work so well. But like in this little instance, I think it's actually quite good to not take it because you you give back some of your advantage. Well, all right. So now that I'm going down the rabbit hole, uh, in the middle of the podcast, I guess. By all uh, means. Um. So let's imagine a scenario where. You've got Rebel Commandos. You've put Recon Intel on them. They're now Scout 3. You take advanced positions out of the deck. Now, when Recover comes up, you are the only one that can no time for Sorrows that box. If they don't have Recon Intel on their Commandos. Whoa. Right? Whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> right? I think. I, I think that that's how that works. You'll have to walk me through that again sometime, some other time, I think. <laughs> I'm not entirely following. I'm, for those of you who are not familiar, um, I finished casting a, a game of the Invader League, actually R1 H-Force bronze match. So no spoilers, but it was a wild game, and so my, my head's kind of left my left my body. It was, <laughs> it was a great, great match, though, and y'all should catch it if you can. Is it me, or is every match with Palpatine in it a wild game? Uh, yeah, because Palpatine, we've never had a unit like Palpatine before. Like, I don't think that I've... So I've I've watched most of R1's matches. Um, I don't think that I've like seen one that was not totally crazy. I think that's fair. I think he, he's very built to be crazy, because he is. And I just like his one pip is designed to completely throw the game in one direction or the other. Like... It's insane. Well, this is a brilliant segue to actually talk about Palpatine. So maybe we can leave uh, Recon Intel behind for now and uh, just move on to talking about Palpatine as a unit. Because that's our that's our next topic before we hit up the uh, R1 interview later on in the show. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a great idea. So Palpatine is a really cool uh, new commander that's going to come out um, on Black Friday, which is awesome because the Dark Lord of the Sith is being released on Black Friday. As far as I as far as I know, <laughs> uh, Black Friday because it's uh, the dark side, of course. So he's a a really cool commander. Of course, you know it's the Emperor, so he's a great Force user. He has uh, some familiar things. He's immune to Pierce, as uh, Force users tend to be in this game. He's got Master of the Force two, which means he gets to unexhaust two Force upgrades for free. He's got three Force upgrade slots, and the um, uh, command slot so he can take esteemed leader or uh, commanding presence or any of those other upgrades and uh, he's just a really cool character he's got force lightning as his attack which I mean how could you have Palpatine without force lightning it's not possible um, but he can use it both in melee and at range two red two black two white with surge crit and uh, just crazy. And I think one of the, the, the two of the other keywords here that I think really are the pièce de résistance for this character. You've got entourage, 
uh, for Imperial Royal Guards, which not only lets you take four special forces so you can run an Imperial Guard unit and three strike teams in your list, you've also got this really awesome uh, ability called Pull the Strings, which lets you spend an action to give a friendly trooper unit at range one to two a free attack action or move action, which is absolutely dope. And I think you're going to see in uh, some of these games, if you watch them, just how pulling the strings comes into play. Uh, feeding actions to other units that are in a better position than Palpatine is is stupid powerful. Yeah, you use that on like a Royal Guard or, or a unit like that. You know, it's uh, the important part of this text here is attack action or move action. So, um, like, if you've got Royal Guard who have the charge keyword, you can take a move action. And, you know, if you move into something, you can then trigger that charge action. Um, so, uh, you know, that goes too for a unit like Snowtroopers with Steady. You, you take that free move action and then they can they can activate their Steady keyword that triggers off move actions. So... Yeah, you know, in the in the game that we just watched that um, R1 was playing in, uh, he got to a point where Palpatine was like in range of like range two of enemy units already. So he was getting to the point where he would just like force lightning one guy and then pull the strings for a second attack every turn. Seems really good uh, to just be able to, you know, throw six pierce two dice at something and and then activate your flame trooper squad in the same activation yeah sign me up um and that just a real quick that force lightning attack is basically like functionally the same with a little bit more variance as luke's lightsaber minus the impact so um it's a good attack you're gonna you know it's a ranged attack so you might have issues attacking stuff in heavy cover um but um you know you're going to be like deleting units with this thing on occasion speaking of this force lightning um he comes also with an upgrade called anger which will give him an aim every time he takes a wound which i think was built for the express purpose of synergizing with his one pip which is uh, just really good um i'll just i'll just read it off real fast it's called and now you will die of course, he's got the picture of you know Palpatine in the throne room, with, you know throwing the Force lightning at people. And uh, during Emperor Palpatine's activation, he may suffer one wound and gain one suppression token to perform an attack. So there's the one wound to trigger anger. He may do this any number of times. After Emperor Palpatine performs an attack, the defender gains one immobilized token. Uh, just incredible. Like you can walk into an area where a bunch of your opponent's units are and just attack until they're all dead, <laughs> or at least for as many times as Palpatine has, you know, health points available to trigger this effect, and get free aims that you can then roll over if you roll roll really well on one attack. You can just keep it for the next one. Yeah, and it's it's noteworthy too that none of the text on this card prevents you from making like your normal attack action. Uh, so you could potentially do this up to five times if Palpatine's at full health. Uh, additionally, I think the way that this card reads, um, you you dole out immobilized tokens even on your normal attack, right? Yeah, actually, you would. Like, like it doesn't like theoretically, you could 
not do any additional attacks, just your normal one, and still deal out an immobilized token. Clearly, you probably want to be doing more than one attack, because that's what's sweet about this card. Um, but it does have that clause doesn't specify it's got to be like a special attack to do that. Yes, I mean, if you wanted to, you could pass up all that extra damage just to save wounds on him. Which, or, you know, or just not get him killed, right? Yeah, I mean, if he's sitting on four wounds already, you might not be able to, you know, take advantage of the the card in the way that you want. Um, and that's a good point. Just to clarify, Alex um, did respond to an email saying that uh, Palpatine can't kill himself to get another attack. Or he can kill himself, he just doesn't get the extra attack. So... Maybe you do that to deny a bounty? I don't know. That seems questionable, though, too. I like that. I like that idea, just to, to sort of flush him if he if he's under threat of having the bounty collected on him. I don't know. I think at that point you might just, like, try and hold out on your saves. Um, but, yeah. So we definitely talked about giving to your anger last episode. Uh, the only other card we can talk about, I guess, is an entire legion, which uh, some people think is brilliant. Other people think it's not great because you can achieve similar effects with other cards that are not uh, unique. Yeah, I mean, I feel like entire legion is really redundant with Palpatine. Um, so assuming battle meditation and entourage works the way we think it does and the way we think it does is that if you got battle meditation on Palpatine and there's an Imperial Royal Guard on the board, you can just give an order to anybody on the board. Uh, it seems like entire Legion is super redundant with that ability. Yeah, it, unless you have like a super eclectic unit mix, you know, where you've got a bunch of different types of tokens, um, and you're probably not designing a list like that. Um, you know, in that case, it could give you like really good activation control. That's true. I just, I guess, um, with how I don't, I don't know, we're starting to see like operatives and special forces and stuff, and uh, uh, there's just, you know, there's generally only three or four unit types in one list. I don't think I've seen any that have more than that right now. I'll just add this in. I I'm okay with um the the lower or sorry the higher pip cards being not great because it gives you room down the road for other new things to come in and like take the place of it. So like if you're running Palpatine by himself, which you usually are, like you'll you'll keep the card in there. But if you're running him alongside, you know, I don't know, um, you know, someone else that has a really good uh, three pip, or maybe even a future imperial operative that has a good three pip that you'd want to keep, um, you could just replace it because it's kind of low on the value chart, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the only situation I'd see replacing an entire legion is if you're running like two commander and an operative, and you want to use the other commander's three pip and the other operative's three pip. Uh. I mean, like, an entire legion is definitely just a strict upgrade over Assault. But if you're running, like, Boba Fett and Palpatine and Veers, which right. is a lot of points, don't get me wrong, right. but... Yeah, I mean, like, in that situation, sure. 
okay, you're running two commanders and an operative that are like, I don't know, 500 points. Like, good luck with that. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> that does sound really in, fun, though. In my dreams, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I don't know. You you don't have any points left over for things, good things to recover with Beers' command card at that point. So, uh, once more, quality lists will rule the galaxy. But Emperor, they never ruled the galaxy. There it is. <laughs> I mean, I think I think the the history pip really shines. Uh, if if we're talking about like Grand Army, which we're not, because we're talking about competitive play, but that's kind of what it feels like it's designed for to me. Um, it, you know, Magic, you know, they design cards that are like specifically for, you know, certain formats like Elder Dragon Highlander or, you know, stuff like that, which are they're kind of for the the Timmies of the world. They're like, oh man, this is awesome, woo woo woo, but they're not really made for competitive play, and that's how I kind of see this card so for those of you uh not familiar um timmy johnny and spike are three um player archetypes i think was it mark rosewater that wrote that article about timmy johnny and spike yeah yeah it was yeah so so if you if you have some time google that article it'll give you some uh, great insights into how um game designers design things just as a little aside from the main topic of the podcast but um that's what we mean when we say timmy's because it's a uh, part of this other this other uh, conceptual kind of thing. Okay, so I'm supposed to be talking about Palpatine's unit card, and I'm supposed to be um, guiding this discussion about his unit card. So going back to his unit card, um, we didn't really talk about the fact that he's got four courage, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah I think that's actually... Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I was going to say, I think that's actually better than being like suppression immune, because... Um, you can actually get cover from suppression tokens, and you're probably rarely going to have four or more tokens after your rally step. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that for the most part. I think that the one corner case is that turn that you and now you will die. Um, I think it's likely that you will have many more than four suppression tokens that turn. <laughs> uh, just because you get... That's, that's very true, but hopefully you've killed everything after that. Oh, totally, totally. Uh, that would definitely be the hope. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, every time I play with Vader, I definitely wish that he could get suppression tokens and get cover from them, and he doesn't. Uh, I think that this is very close to that. Uh, except when things go horribly wrong. And, of course, the other part of this equation is that he only has five health points. So, he's gotta you got to do the stuff to protect him. you got to keep those wounds safe. Yeah, he's kind of the first, not that having wounds is not always helpful, but he's kind of like the first character where wounds are kind of like a resource that he spends. Um, you know, you want as many wounds as possible going into and now you will die, which is probably going to be like a late game play. So, you know, every one of those wounds counts. Like if you've got a Royal Guard unit, and you probably do if you're running a Palpatine list, you want to be guarding like as many of those hits as possible, even if they're pierce hits, and even though the Royal Guard have a slightly less good save. Just because, you know, you don't want to like roll that one blank early in the game and then deny yourself a chance to electrocute something on turn five when it's critical. Yeah, I think there's some merit to just taking like a naked trooper squad or two naked trooper squads and just kind of like follow him around the board with like four extra or eight extra like wounds, 
wounds worth of dudes that are there just to get a steam leader away. Yeah, and actually we didn't highlight the fact that he does have a command slot. Uh, he's the first force user with a command slot, so um, you can give him a steam leader and he can throw stormtroopers in front of him. Uh, the other thing is that the the range four band, uh, I forget the name of it off the top of my head here, uh, command slot makes entire legion a little bit better. Commanding presence, yeah, yeah, because it makes everybody out to range four eligible as opposed to range three. And so, how about master of the force two, able to do like force reflexes and force push every single turn? Yeah, so I guess real quick, like, what force powers are you guys taking on him? Uh, force push and force reflexes. So, I think force reflexes is fine on him, but I don't think it's mandatory by any means. The fact that he doesn't get to trigger, like, it doesn't trigger deflect for him, I think makes it a lot less good. Um, I think he definitely takes force push just about every time, just because being able to, like, grip something out of cover to shoot seems important um, as well as like setting up pull of the strings attacks uh, but I, I, I'm i honestly a little bit disappointed with our present uh, pool of force abilities for all of these characters that have Master of the Force there doesn't, I mean like force push is like the go-to and force reflexes is, is pretty good on, on Vader but I think other than those two things, there's not a ton of things you want to be refreshing. And so it just kind of feels narrow right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I think you're, you're probably taking anger for that. Uh, and now you'll die a turn and then uh, push. And then I guess you can fill that third slot like to flavor. Yeah. I, and Anger doesn't even seem good on anybody other than Pelt. I mean, you only can put it on Vader right now, so I don't know. Um, it, I've tried like three games with Anger on Vader, and it just doesn't feel very good at all. It's good on the turn that you implacable, and that's about it. Well, what happens to you that that it's not working? Like, do they shoot Vader after you've activated? The thing about it is that, like, if they're shooting Vader and causing wounds like you're not in a good place um and it's just kind of it's not it's not enough to make up for the fact that he's taking wounds when he shouldn't be i see okay like just the because it's that one aim token at the cost of one health which is seems terrible right i mean it's it's not quite that because like you would be taking the wounds anyways um okay fair enough but it just, I don't know. Um, the aim tokens don't feel great on it, I guess. You know, most of the time. I, I, I think the odds are you roll like four and a half out of six uh, because he doesn't surge to hit. So generally you have like between one and two blanks and the aim's fine with that. Um, but I never seemed to actually have the aim when I wanted to use it. Because in order for anger to be good, you've got to kind of save him until the end of the turn because you need him to get shot first. Um, but if he's also got force reflexes, you kind of want him to go first. Um, so it's it's kind of like a weird 
dynamic. Yeah, I think it's only really great when you can combo an ability that a lot you know forces you to take wounds like and now you will die. Right. It's, it's just it's just too random of an effect to rely on. Yeah. Otherwise. Uh, I, yeah, you have to have like a purpose behind it, right? Yeah. And, and like I said, it's good on the turn you unblockable. It's great on the turn you and now you will die. I don't know what the uh, math ends up being, but it seems like it probably adds between two and four extra hits over the course of you know three or four attacks. I would guess. Yeah, it's roughly like one hit per attack. So, so not that not amazing. I mean, but still, you know, on an attack with Pierce two, if you're doing it three or four times on a turn, like that's potentially three or four extra dead models. So, and it it's like enough to negate uh, cover one every attack. You know. Um, yeah, that's legit. Especially like as as we've been saying, kind of just uh, in situations where you are spamming a bunch of attacks during the same activation, like now you will die. I mean, it was, it was like built for that essentially. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to wrap it up a little bit. Um, do we have any last thoughts on Palpatine? And that we want to get in there just before we, uh, move transition into the interview segment with R1. Nah, I think uh, we're good. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to transition now into the interview with R1H4. Uh, stay tuned. And we are back. We are the Notorious Scoundrels. Uh, we did lose Endless. Um, he didn't die. He just had to go to work. Uh, but it's uh, me and Dashes, and we have R1H4 with us. Welcome. Hey, man. How you doing? Doing well. How, uh, how are you guys doing? Good. So um, you just not less than an hour ago, finished uh, your bronze match for Invader League. Um, how was that? It's good. It's a, it's a good game. Um, played a um, tough match against uh, Alice. He's a, he's a good competitor, um, but uh, got the best of him in the end. And uh, uh, you got any takeaways? Well, you know, um, when you play uh, Intercept the Transmissions, it's, it's really important to intercept as many transmissions as possible. Um, you gotta, gotta get your guys on top of those uh, objectives. Gotta roll some, roll some red dice, you know, do as much as you can. And uh, usually you'll, 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 you'll come out on top. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, those red dice, they're important. They are. Um, hard hitting analysis right here, folks. Uh, okay. Um, heard it first here. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, so we don't actually want to give any spoilers, I don't think, to that game, so that people go watch it. Uh, needless to say, it was a bloodbath. Yep, I believe it's uh, twitch.tv slash yavinbase for that one. You've got yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right, so, um, Arwan, what is your gaming background? If you want to just talk about that first real quick. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Um, so uh, the, uh, now that we got that out of the way, um, the... Uh, I guess I've been gaming for, for oh, maybe even a decade now, um, maybe a little over, I can't remember. Uh, first started doing um, uh, Mech Warrior uh, Hero Clicks type stuff. The, uh, the, I don't know what you want to call it, I can't remember. But, but it was the Mech Warrior Dark Age uh, tabletop game. That was my first uh, sort of experience in tabletop. Uh, went to a couple nationals with that. That was fun. And then eventually got into uh, Flames of War. 
uh, played that for uh, maybe about six, seven years, and uh, went to won a couple of nationals with that. Uh, went to Masters one year. It was a lot of fun. Drank a lot of liquor uh, since it was free at Masters. That was about the best that I got out of that one uh, event. But uh, but yeah, and now uh, sort of stepping into uh, Legion. Oh, excuse me. After of course uh, Armada. Uh, going and uh, I think went to Worlds with that one in 2016, uh, and then uh, now switching over. Yeah, to Armada. Excuse me, to Legion. Duh. It's a Legion podcast. It is a Legion podcast. Uh, so you played Armada for like two years? Yeah, I played, uh, I think I got into it. Uh, my buddies got me in at about the end of, it could be, could be longer. I can't remember. Got the, at the, uh, right at wave one. And then, uh, bowed out, uh, right when flotillas were getting a little crazy. And, uh, I think I bought out right before they changed the rules to, uh, uh, limit them down to, to two flotillas per, uh, list that there's also the worlds where uh somebody some dude from germany bought brought like 12 flotillas and a bunch of bombers and all sorts of random other stuff it's good times yeah it was it was pretty silly there for a while um <laughs> so uh, like from those other miniatures games um what's sort of induced you to switch to legion and what is it that you like about legion versus what all, the other ones that you've played oh that's fair um so i really did like um flames of war from a mechanics point of view it's closer to like a you know a world war ii 40k ish style game uh armada was fun but it became uh, a game uh that just got too fiddly for me um you know and i wanted something that had a little bit more that didn't require sort of the laser precision that you couldn't get essentially on a on the tabletop right um so when Legion just sort of came out, it was, uh, I guess you could say it was an easy sell for me. Um, had larger miniatures, not as, I did have to paint again, which I wasn't super happy about. You know, Armada, I could just leave them bare and it was okay. But uh, the, um, uh, wasn't a ton of miles of paint. It wasn't like I was painting, you know, like a sort of Soviet infantry horde anymore. Um, and uh, the theme was right. And, they got the mechanics right. And between those three things, I know we've still got some, uh, some teething issues, if you will, but uh, I really think it's a, like a very advanced, um, like miniatures tabletop game. I like it a lot. Yeah. I've um, just switching over from other stuff. Like I was really impressed with just all of the core mechanics with the order system and the activation uh, controls and also like the static benefits of cover and stuff like that. Uh, I've, been, I've been very impressed just by the raw mechanics of Legion. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, there are some, there's, there's some funkiness when it comes to cover and how it relates to sort of other game systems. And, but I think that's mostly sort of ironed out by now. Um, but you're right. The, the, uh, the activation mechanics really sold me, um, you know, over say Armada where, you know, as long as you've got first player, you've got it the entire game. Um, something where there's a little more, not a lot, but a little bit of deck building in that command hand and uh, enough variability to uh, to require that, that, I guess you could say, that risk mitigation in play. And it seems too like they really got the themes right. Like, you know, Luke Skywalker feels like Luke Skywalker on the table. Vader feels like Vader. And uh, Palpatine feels like Palpatine. 
yeah, no, I, I think the, the the feel of it is good, and I think the theme like there's nobody that's like that's really off quite yet. We'll see as we go through the you know the the next few years of it, next few waves. But uh, yeah, everything so far seems to be firing on all cylinders. Yeah, so um, I guess on the on the character uh, end of things, you know, you're on here because Palpatine. Um, why? Uh, why did you choose to run Palpatine in Invader League? Uh, so I'll be honest. I uh, I really wanted to. Um, I really wanted to comment. Uh, like I really wanted to be a commentator as uh, this event uh, sort of uh, spooled through, and so I figured, okay, well. Uh, you know, whatever. I'll play in the group phase. I really want to get some good games in, and if I don't make another group phase, no, no worries. And then I did, and then I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I could run Veer's Boba, but that just, it just looks so, I don't know, to me it looked very vanilla and very boring on the tabletop, and I'm like, well, I won't be able to get all the, use all the cool things that Palp can do, but uh, sure, why not? I'll put Palp on the table, and it'll be fun, and if I lose in the first round, you know, I can at least say I had fun fun doing it and then sure enough now <laughs> and then i landed third place right uh hey. it was uh yeah it's been a bit of a wild ride but it's been it's been fun it's been uh i'm really impressed with the way uh palpatine works on the table and look forward to getting my hands on it and running in some real life games yeah there's a couple of things that are noteworthy just about using him in invader specifically the first is you know invader league was a, it started out with 60 players so um, you know, going top four uh, with Palpatine uh, is impressive to begin with. But we were also playing with, uh, he only had one command card, uh, his one pip available to him. So, um, you know, playing uh, a commander down one command card, much less two, is is quite a feat in, in its own right. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, of course, as they eventually came out, you know, uh, uh, an entire legion. Okay, that's not too much different than than uh, assault if you kind of deal out the orders properly and things like that. There's not too much variability left. But uh, but yeah, that that pal two pip is is pretty is pretty sweet. Not gonna lie, it's pretty awesome. So what do you think of um? So what do you think of his command cards in general? Uh, why don't we save and now you will die for last because that's. Uh, the most interesting one. Um, but uh, what do you what do you think of an entire legion and the two pip uh, giving to your anger, even though you didn't get to use them? Sure, sure. I think I mean if we're going from the bottom up, right? I think um, an entire legion is probably the the least advantageous, if you will, over the sort of standard three pip assault. Um, like I mentioned, right, it, it, unless you've got an awful lot of variability and if you're running supports, special forces, core troopers, commanders, etc., um, usually you've got enough to, to mitigate your uh, your stack pull uh, command tokens pretty well. Um, so not not a, not, a, not a major deal there. Okay, great. I have to play with Assault instead. But um, yeah, that 2-pip is, is really something else. Um, it's and because there's so few ways for it to sort of go wrong, if you will, you know, um, the uh, the real kicker, right, is that I get to choose what activates first on his side or on my opponent's side, right? And and it's also a two pip, 
So if he happens to play a 3-pip command card, I get to go first, and I get to pick which or unit on his team or on his side goes first, and then I get to go again. So it's right. it's pretty freaking strong. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially in that scenario, you know, you basically get to go back to back with two units without the same kind of sacrifice like Leia's three pip would give you, where you're you're putting yourself down on activation order. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Um, we'll uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, and then uh, right the uh, and now you will die. Right. That's of course the uh, the uh, the piece de la resistance and uh it's it's really it's really freaking great like don't get me wrong it does a lot of cool things on the board and yeah you're you're uh you're killing a lot of units and there's a balance to be had between how many wounds you take and um you know the damage you're really you're putting out on the board but just the the thematic event of oh my god all of a sudden this one dude st- just starts shooting lightning from his hands and murders everything around him. You, you can't beat that. You can't, like, I've never seen in any of the miniature games like we've played so far, how how wild that can be. And yet still balanced in, in you know, in an overall six-round game, right, where that only occurs once. You take a lot of wounds doing it. You put yourself in a, usually in a pretty risky spot. And, right, it, it still feels a lot like a lot of fun to actually do that on the board. Yeah, it's pretty incredible how thematic they were able to keep some of these abilities and like make them not break the game at the same time. Yeah, yeah, right. Like this this one specifically. Uh so um, you know, clearly it's like a it's a very thematic moment in your games. Um how do you find yourself like clearly the answer is probably killing your opponent's stuff, but <laughs> how, <laughs> how do you end up setting setting it up so that you can kind of utilize this one pip the best in, in the games that have played out uh you know actually now that, now that you mentioned it i was just uh thinking about right the the other sort of side of that uh one pip is that you throw uh immobilized tokens out on your uh on your opponent when you do so and um so i i guess you can you can really go about it two ways right the 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 mainstay, right? You're you're clearly rolling a lot of dice. You've usually got anger attached to it as well for the free uh, aim every single time you do it. Um, but you can usually, like you you might get to a point where it is easier to, you know, uh, tie somebody down with those mobilized tokens than it would be to actually kill them outright. Uh, I know uh, I can specifically recall a game, in fact, the practice round I had against uh, Master of the Force Luke. Uh, where his Luke Skywalker had jumped in close to Palpatine and had to throw the you must die, excuse me, you will die. And, um, and you know, after two shots at him, there were plenty of other targets around. Um, I, didn't, I didn't deal enough damage to take him off the board, right? Between emergency stims and, his, and a dodge and plenty of other stuff going on. So I said, okay, great. I'll just have to immobilize him. I can hit him twice, and then I can focus on, you know, zapping those really juicy core troopers uh, rather than tr- just pouring everything into Luke Skywalker and trying to burn him down. So that extra little bit of flexibility in his card 
gives you a backup plan, I guess, if you need it, right? Yeah, I mean, it seems like uh, you've kind of got like two or three miniature whip, boba whip cords kind of like wrapped up in it, if if that's what you need. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do Do you find that th- that that's usually like a late game play for you? Uh, yeah, you know, it's it usually does end up being a late game play, um, if only because you know Palp is speed one, uh, and it usually does take quite a bit to get him into contact. And on top of that, you're usually using uh, pulling the strings, which it does right. It's it's good. It's it's fantastic, or it's a great ability. But it it takes off just another four inches of movement that Palp can't use in order to get to where he really needs to be in that and now you will die scenario. Uh, yeah. So um, speaking about like pull the strings and stuff, um, what are I mean? There are some like clear targets. Um, for using pull the strings on, um, in what scenarios do you find yourself using it most often? And in what scenarios that have you used it that maybe you wouldn't have considered using it, um, before and it ended up being like really good if that's come up at all. Hmm. Um, uh, hmm, let me think the, so I, I guess you could say a lot of it has been sort of try learning and a bit of trial by fire. Um, the uh, like a like when you're first starting off, usually you're within range of some sniper teams and things like that, and so you can usually get an extra shot with a sniper round. Sometimes you might, uh, you know, you throw an aim down on a sniper team, then roll two hits. Okay, well I don't need to use that aim token. Great. Let me use that pulling the strings when palp activates. I can use that aim token for that second shot. Um, I mean, I, I know some people will uh, disagree for including them in the list, but uh, you know those those Imperial Royal Guard uh, really do receive uh, that uh, that command quite a bit. That uh, just the fact that they get the charge, right? They get you can give them a move order and attack on that pulling the strings. It makes them a real common target for it. Occasionally. Uh, you'll get a, 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 a snow trooper. You know, if you get a good uh, spot with uh, a flamethrower, and then you can get an extra move and steady shot with the uh, with the whole squad of uh, flame troopers, or excuse me, of snow troopers with the flamethrower in there. Um, I'm trying to think if there has been any li- really wild uses of um, that pulling the strings. But uh, but no, nah, I don't I don't think so. I think I think maybe the biggest one or the coolest one so far has just been able to uh, you know ping pong that uh, that royal guard around and uh, getting them to move. And it's and even uh, I would even say that, that having a force push on Palpatine uh, has played out pretty well, especially if you can get them in close range. You've got the royal guards nearby, and you've got Palpatine that's able to manipulate who's engaged with who on top of getting a free charge from the Royal Guard. Sweet, sweet. Um, that's awesome. So I, I've got a follow-up question for you, you know, kind of in regards to um, you had been talking about immobilized tokens and um, kind of their impact that they plays out in the game. Um, mm-hmm. So in, in the list that you were running, I'm pretty sure like Palp was the only commander operative, right? That is correct, yeah. 
yeah. So, what do you do when you are running into like more mobile characters like Luke or Boba? Like, you know, ninety percent of the lists in an Invader, I think, are probably running one of those two characters, and Palp's pretty slow. Um, so, how did you end up kind of interacting slash dealing with that over the course of your games? So, I will say that. Um... The goal when I try to play against, uh, for instance, in fact, I, I played against Beers Boba three times in the in the um, in the single elimination side of things, and, and I think at least once in the group phase. Um, what I try to do is um, really set up the, the where we're going to fight on the on the tabletop uh, to my advantage as much as possible. So in this, it, it can sometimes be um, taking advantage of, you know, even being red player and placing objectives on the board. Okay, well, I'm going to dictate that we're going to fight over this space. And if the more mobile characters, sure, they do have some extra mobility, they might be able to get to that space faster. Um, but I'm, I'm reducing the distance Palp has to travel in order to get there. And if I can somehow press my opponent into playing on my terms rather than just sort of letting have a, letting him have the, the free reign of say that jump three uh, or something more like or, or even Luke's right jumping around, um, then I, I think I've got then it allows me to uh, to handle that interaction a lot better than. You know, Luke being able, oh, hey, he's just going to jump over a wall and then come send a Skywalker me and so on and so forth. Um, you have to clearly, you've got to still play and watch out for that kind of thing. But if you can, um, I, I would say I would try to I do my best to focus on a specific part of the board to really force that engagement. And and just because Palp's there, you know, nine times out of ten, it does turn out in Palp's favor. Occasionally, it does not. But it, it definitely, I think, sets you up for an advantageous engagement, if you will. Um, so speaking of, what like objectives and or other turn zero setup cards do you try and focus on forcing, and which ones do you try and veto? So I'm definitely, I, I mean, yeah, right, if I'm red player, keep key positions are clearly out if I can get them out, right? Um, but... Uh, uh, advanced positions. Uh, I think I've been able to, to sort of land on that uh, deployment in uh, maybe even half of the games that we've played so far, or that I've played in the Invader League so far. And that's usually pretty clutch for uh, getting Palp into the mix sooner, right? Um, uh, Battle Lines is fine. Long March can be a little bit tougher, clearly, because you've got some extra distance to travel there. Um, and then anything where I can sort of, again, force that engagement on a centralized point breakthrough, I don't want to play. Um, in fact, I think, yeah, that one was a clear do not include on my side. Um, you know, so in my blue deck, right, I had key positions, of course. Um, sabotage the vaporators, intercept the transmissions, and capture the supplies. Capture the supplies is still a little bit rougher for Palpatine, right, because you... The, uh, your opponent will be able to uh, take advantage of their agility a little bit better. Um, as in fact, uh, my uh, Matt, my my uh, uh, 
I guess you'd say my top four match or my semifinal match against Garn 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 panned out. Um, but uh, but it's still better than yeah than than say breakthrough where my opponent can really just go wherever they want and I don't have that opportunity to dictate the the places that we're gonna fight. Do you remember which uh, like condition card you cut? Uh, yeah, I think I actually got rid of minefields in my particular uh, setup, right? So clear conditions, hostile environment, and then uh, and rapid reinforcements. I'm trying to remember. Oh, limited visibility is also... Well, I did. I, I got to remember that. I don't remember. I've only been blue player once. <laughs> I, I didn't have very much of a bid going in. And it was, I will say that if you're aiming for that bid, uh, Palp is probably not going to do it. You almost, you, you almost always end up uh, pretty close to 800 when you, when you build out a Palp list. Um, speaking of, do you, so do you want to talk real quick about what you ran for Invader and then um, like if you could change anything in the future, yeah. what you would change? Sure. So I know, um, so in, in, uh, in Invader, I was running Palpatine uh, with uh, Esteemed Leader, uh, Force Push, Force Reflexes, and Anger. Uh, I was running uh, two Snow Trooper squads, uh, both with uh, Flamethrower and a, the Officer Upgrade. I was running two um, short, uh, if you want to call them that, uh, Stormtrooper squads with the DLT. Uh, one uh, Imperial Royal Guard at, uh, with the Electro Staff, Tenacity, and Environmental Gear, and then three Scout uh, Strike Teams with the, with the Sniper attached. And that rounded out to uh, 796. If you're um, sort of going through the experience of playing with that list a bunch, um, I think I would probably take the, the officers out of the Snow Troopers and see if I couldn't find room for an extra activation. Um, if I could get it uh, with another uh, full Stormtrooper squad, right, those DLTs, uh, I, 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 there were several points in time where I felt that I was sort of fighting uphill, right, just with the base of firepower that I had. Uh, I'd settle for an E-Web, uh, but that, that obviously kind of... Um, splits your command tokens a little bit more so it's a little harder to control that activation um but uh the e-web is 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 still pretty solid for, for 55 points and with palps pulling the strings you can usually get an extra move out of that on the first turn and really get it set up in a good spot uh did you like running the uh three sniper teams hmm you know i was i was up and down on them quite a bit um there were a few matches where I played against uh, Veers Boba that uh, also had three snipers, and uh, they felt like a waste of points because his snipers uh, with Veers and the extra aims were far better uh, able to take uh, advantage of, and excuse me, and even then with the maximum firepower uh, from Veers, able to really take advantage of that sort of superiority from that perspective and, and essentially outwin the sniper game, right? Kill my snipers outright before they get a chance to do too much. Um, in, I don't know, in a lot of the other games, they turned out to be pretty clutch. So I think 
uh, I'll say I, I don't I don't think they are um, I don't think they are everything. I think you could probably still build a very competitive list without the snipers in place. Um, but they they serve as a cheap activation and um, uh, still put out a fair amount of damage over time. Nice. Um, I, I've experienced some similar things with the snipers, um, except with Vader. Yeah. My, my reign didn't <laughs> go too far. Um, so what are maybe uh, one unexpected strength that you found kind of playing with your pelt list and maybe one unexpected weakness that you found playing with it too? Hmm. Uh, well, I will say the unexpected weakness was, uh, in fact, uh, round uh, three, uh, the semifinal match against uh, Gar. Na -na -na -na. Um, I'm, I'm going to purposely butcher his name every time I say it, just so I can I can get some licks in there for beating me. Um, but uh, his opening salvo of uh, maximum firepower on uh, Emperor Palpatine. I had, you know, two core troopers there for plenty of esteemed. Uh, I've got the, you know, the the three plus save, uh, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. Okay, no problem. Sure, he'll he'll get his initial shot off on me, and sometimes sometimes uh, Star Wars happens, and uh, uh, the dice get hot on one side and they get they get real cold on the other. Um, so I, I think maybe um, Palpatine's vulnerability to uh, that variability sometimes, uh, right? Just because he doesn't have a very large health pool, fails a couple of really key saves, because every single wound, right, is one less lightning bolt I get to shoot out when, uh, and now you will die hit. And that's, that's really significant because, right, like one good shot of that will delete a, you know, a slightly wounded core trooper unit, like wipe it off the board, or at least reduce it to, you know, a commander, maybe even two guys. But either way, really killing a lot of uh, troops with that has been the hallmark of Palp so far. And so, um, <laughs> so when he takes when he takes it to the face right up front like that, uh, it really really puts a damper on the, <laughs> on the rest of the match. Um, and uh, I guess unexpected strength. Um, I would actually say maybe it was a little unexpected. I don't know. Uh, but force push on Palpatine has turned out to be key in a couple of matches. Uh, it takes a long time for him to get there, but if even in a scenario right where we're playing, um, a, you know, an objective where there's got to be a lot of concentration in a single point, uh, right? So um, uh, vaporators or especially intercepted transmissions, um, it's. It, that force push, that ability to control all of the engagements. Palp, you know, is usually going first uh, all the time because he can. And, um, yeah, being able to control the battlefield so well, especially with the pull the strings on top of it, um, was uh, probably an unexpected strength. I, I think... I think in some of the lists I had put together afterwards, saying, oh, well, you know, maybe I don't really need that force push. Now it's got me thinking, well, I don't know, maybe maybe I really do need that in there. So would you say that uh, that everything goes as you foresee, for the most part? I believe everything has gone according to exactly as I have foreseen. Yes, so I, have, I, think do... it, 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 I think it all worked out pretty well. Do you have like a... Uh... 
like a data bank of palp quotes that you just bust out you know, uh, in the of your games? I, I do have to say that uh, I have to work on it. Like I know some of them, but it's but they're but they're but they're in the back of my head, right? From all the times I watched uh, Return of the Jedi when I was a kid, right? That they're they're not quite at the tip of my tongue, and the last thing you want to do is, in fact, murder the quote, like I kind of just did, <laughs> right? You don't want to botch that right in the middle of it, right? So when uh, I plan on going to Adepticon, I plan on bringing Palpatine, gotta make sure I got that got those got those juicy bits right on the top, right ready to go. Got to watch that end of the movie. I don't know how many more times. It's the best part of the movie, but still, you know, there's a lot of work to be done there. You could even bring like a little soundboard around with you, you know, just in the middle of a game. Get like a Bluetooth speaker or something. You know, I, I, I do have to say, I tried that once for Armada. And like it really just, like it turned out like I was really like the annoying little kid with the like the, the, like the, uh, like the laser gun that just wouldn't shut up. And like, I'm like, okay, well, I feel really embarrassed to be pulling this thing out now. All right, I'm going to have to put this away. <laughs> I think it lasted all like like four minutes into one round before, where I was, all right, Bob's away. <laughs> uh, okay, nobody else is doing this? Oh, it's just me. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. I still say pew pew whenever I have a good roll. <laughs> I think you might be received a little little better in a, in a hobby-geared community as opposed to a like a competitive play your community if you, uh, you know that's fair and at least that. you know if uh if if i'm doing the quotes myself i think i might even be able to gauge because you you've also got to do a little bit of i don't know opening up that space with your opponent especially if they, if they're very serious about what they're doing right if you start throwing palp quotes in there they come off a little what's it, a little unsportsmanlike right so even if i just have to whisper it under my own breath i can i can still do that into your anger, boy. Uh, so you said you're going to Adepticon. I am also going to Adepticon, so we'll have to oh, well, we'll have to hang sir. out. It'll be it'll be it'll be a party. We'll uh, we'll get together with uh, Master of the Force Luke and all the other people that are there, and we'll, we'll play some jazz flute and uh, have a grand old time. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a good time. Um, I I definitely will look forward to you bringing your jazz flute. <laughs> All the jazz flutes. Um, cool. Are you going to LVO too, or just Adepticon? No, I had to. Uh, I had to save the brownie points uh, where I could. Uh, I was originally considering going to LVO because I've got some old planes war buddies that are headed out that way. But gotcha. uh, no, it'll just have to be Adepticon. Chicago is my old uh, stomping ground. I grew up there, so it'll be it'll be nice to get back. Really, I also grew up in the Chicago suburbs. Oh well, hot damn, sir! It's a small world. Yeah. I know, right? Um, all right. So, um, do you have any final thoughts? Well, you know, um, I'd just like to thank my mom uh, and everybody that's uh, that's really supported me uh, over all the years. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it really takes a team to put together uh, this competitive of uh, of a go at it. Uh, you know, we didn't we didn't uh, we didn't get the gold today, but. Um, but uh, but it was good. It was uh, it was a good run, and uh, I'm happy about it. And uh, I wish uh, wish all my competitors uh, good luck in the future. Uh, all right. So that's our one, everybody. I think you've got a second career uh, somewhere else. Right. <laughs> Waiting for you. I better better start throwing that football around. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, my dude. Sounds good.
All right. Thanks for coming so, on today. Yeah. Thanks Absolutely. for coming on. It's been a pleasure. So I'm Orchimedes. I'm Dashes. And uh and that's our one. <laughs> and uh there, <laughs> there you go, there's the jazz flute. <laughs> um all right, so uh that's a wrap, folks. Join us next week. Um where we'll talk about something besides Palpatine. What else is there to talk about? That's a really good question. See you next time. <laughs> All right. Peace out. Later. Join us next time for another edition of the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. This has been a Fifth Trooper production. <laughs>